Welcome back to Division One Rejects. It's Kobe Manzo. We're back. We're going to be back on schedule here. Audio-only version of the podcast today, but I'm here with Tyshawn King. Ty, what's up? What's up, man? Jimmy Martin, quarterback. Tyshawn's a running back. Jimmy Martin, quarterback. Jim? How's it going, Kobe? And special guest today, Will Borchard. I did some special convincing to get this man on the podcast. The GLIAC freshman of the year, middle linebacker for the Cats. Will, it's a pleasure, man. Yep. What's up? Thanks for having me. <laughs> Today's episode is going to be a good one. We're going to start off uh, every episode from now on talking about the GLIAC and Division II football as an entire scene. Uh, but first of all, today, I wanted to recap the all GLIAC teams and some of the biggest awards from this year, Will being one of those, winning that Freshman of the Year award. That's big time. And then we'll go on from that. Grand Valley versus Ferris. Obviously, Ferris took that one in the regular season, but it was a really good game at Grand Valley. We saw that turnout was incredible. But they mopped the floor with them in the playoffs. So I want to talk about that one a bit. Um, and talk about Ferris moving on um, against Northwest Missouri State. As far as the NFL goes, after we uh, get out of the GLIAC, we are going to talk about the Patriots because apparently the Patriots are back, right? Mac Jones, lock for Rookie of the Year, or is it Michael uh, Parsons? Or what? If Mac Jones is – well, I think there's Offensive Year and Defensive Rookie of the Year. I think I'm, you're right. I yeah, think you're right. I, think, yeah. I mean, so Mac, Mac Jones is almost a lock. Yeah. I mean, maybe so, Jamar Chase, but I feel yeah. like that's a kind of a quarterback award. But it, it totally but, is, yeah. but uh, with, with Herbert and all that going on. But – um, they've won their last six games, are on top of the AFC East right now with a big game against Buffalo coming up Monday night. Um, another storyline right now is the Panthers. They had their brief moment of fame, had all the hype about Cam. He gets benched. CMC's out for the year again, so it seems like they're just back to, you know, back to same old, same old in Carolina. Washington football team's on a sneaky three-game win streak after a big win over Seattle on Monday night football. They're second in their division right now behind the Cowboys. And finally, on the college football side of things, we had rivalry week last week. That did not disappoint. I personally was at the Ohio State-Michigan game. It was incredible. I'm a Michigan State fan, but, like, that atmosphere was, like, nothing I've ever experienced before. It was. And I feel privileged to be there because that's one of the best college football games that um, has happened in a while. Oh, in the snow um, and everything, too. Exactly, too. Like, just the environment in general was sweet. So, uh, a lot of those games had some huge playoff implications. We'll talk about those games. And finally, the coaching carousel continues in college football. Brian Kelly to LSU. Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma for USC. I mean, we've got – those are two of the bigger – uh, billboard name type uh, transitions coaching wise, but there are so many other ones that we'll check out here later in the podcast. But as always, you can listen pretty much anywhere. This, like I said, today is going to be an audio only podcast. So not on YouTube, but Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it. Follow us on Twitter at D1 underscore rejects and on Instagram at Division One Rejects to see highlights from the show. But gentlemen, the GLIAC season's over. Our season is over. Uh, last time I checked, we did not make the playoffs. Can we, can we confirm? Yeah, we did Sadly not. No. We did not make the playoffs. No. But we did have some award winners on our team. We had two guys picked to the first team all selection, one of them being Will here with us today, the other one being Brady Hansen, our senior defensive back, our safety. Uh, three second-team selections and five honorable, uh, honorable mentions, correct? So more honors than we've had in the past, which is definitely a plus. Now, Will... I know you don't, you don't have to talk about yourself, but we're, we're going to talk about you, right? It's a big deal. It's yeah. a big award. Right. Congratulations, first of all. It's awesome. Appreciate it. It's got to feel, I know you're Mr. Humble. You don't talk about it. And it's funny. I'll tell a little story. I made the graphics for the guys for to post just because, um, you know, he's a first-team guy. I got the, the Glack Freshman of the Weir, so I, I made the graphics for them to post out. And I sent it to Will probably 30 minutes after the award was announced, 30, 45 minutes. Just said, hey, man, congratulations. Like, this is a big-time award. Go, I, I got this for you just to post it out, whatever. He said, Oh shit! I, I won. He's like, really? He's like, I didn't know that. <laughs> I'm like, you actually caught me. I was in a nap. You see, <laughs> my phone was buzzing. I woke up and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and that's that's all the response was was, oh shoot, okay, cool, nice. And he just moved on. So that's that's awesome. Like, that's the type of dude that that uh, that should win that award. But will you led the league in tackles? You had what 112? Yep. Uh, yeah, I believe so. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, I believe so. You know damn well. But led the league in tackles per game, so obviously had a great year. Um, what I just wanted to ask, coming out of obviously you had year last year where we just practiced in the spring, right, we didn't yeah. get to play any real competition. What was this year like playing, as opposed to what maybe your expectations were going to be like playing your really what's your first year? I mean, I saw it more as my second year. I mean, I yeah. didn't have all the the having to learn the defense and stuff because we had. We got to learn all of it during COVID year and stuff, so mm-hmm. that wasn't really a problem with learning the defense and stuff. But, I mean, mainly just the practice of game speed was just a little different, but it wasn't as fast as I thought it was personally. Really? It didn't – I mean, GLIAC play was faster than our first in two your non-conference? non-conference okay. games. But, I mean, besides that, I wasn't really shocked by anything and nothing really threw me under the bus besides the speed of the game getting adjusted to it a little mm-hmm. bit. 
And that, I think that's totally that's totally right. normal. Like yep. that's that's any level of football, right? I mean, you could even look at within Division Two football. There are obviously different tiers of football, and it's very right. interesting how that all how that all levels out. But talk about now with our defense, the position you're at in that middle linebacker spot. Our defense is engineered around you being a ball hawk and just going right. to get the ball carry at all costs. Is that that's got to be like freeing in a way, right? Not that you don't have other responsibilities, because I totally know that you do. But above all else, is go get the ball carrier, right? Right. I mean. That is a job. When you got linemen <laughs> up on you, it's, it's a little hard. But, I mean, the games I struggled in were the games I was getting. Uh, I mean, they are the Grand Valleys in the Ferris State where the yep. linemen were climbing fast. But, I mean, when you're free as a, that solo inside backer, I mean, life's good. You're able to flow, <laughs> tackle the ball. Yeah, 100%. I'll talk about um, – I know Ferris State, their offensive line stuck out to me above everybody else because what I've seen them do – is what I've seen almost no other team do is that they right. switched out all five of their offensive linemen, brought in a whole new unit at one point. Maybe not all at the same time. They didn't do a whole line change. Mm-hmm. But throughout the game, they're switching out guys and keeping guys fresh. And not only is that super important, but the guys that they brought in, the skill drop, like the drop in skill level was almost yeah, I was just gonna say was that. almost nothing, right? right? It didn't feel like you're bringing in second stringers. So how was that? I mean, you're playing against a fresh guy. You've been yeah, playing maybe a right. half of football already. What was that I like? I mean, it's just more taxing. You're... Fresh guys are coming out or coming in, so I mean, the yeah, it's just you gotta keep playing non tired, otherwise, yeah. they're gonna get you. And I want to talk about, and, and you guys, I want to talk with you guys about this too is that they freaking mopped the floor with Grand Valley, and I think a large part to do with that was the weather on game day. They were hosting it as well, it was at Top Taggart Field in Big Rapids. But when it's snowing and when it's that type of inclement weather, I think that plays right into Ferris's book. Right? Would you guys agree with that statement? Like, I think that's totally their game. Jared Bernhardt, their quarterback. Um, for those of you who don't know, he was what's I forget the award name, but basically the, the Heisman. Hill or the, no, Harlan Hill is the D two football award. I'm talking about the lacrosse oh, award. Oh, basically yeah, the yeah. Heisman of college lacrosse last year at Maryland. He's now the quarterback at Ferris State. He won the uh, Player of the Year for the GLIAC and deservedly so. I mean, he had an absolute, absolutely stellar year. But that team, I really do believe, and I, I don't think it's going to happen just because of how powerful they are. If they get down early to a, a challenging opponent, I don't think they're going to be able to throw the ball and get back into a game. So for them to get out early in front of Grand Valley and just keep that lead, the way those guys are physical and the way they play, I, that one must have just got away from them. Yeah, the uh, the weather definitely played a factor. I feel like that's for us better. Well, this year, yeah, it's their bread and butter is mm-hmm. the run game, especially the QB run. Hundred percent. And yeah. I feel like. With it, with it snowing and being cold, Grand Valley like to get out and throw the ball around. It's hard to do that when it's cold, slippery, snowing. So yeah. I feel like with it snowing out there, it almost you could almost tell that it was it was Ferris's game to lose at that. One hundred percent. And you look at the first team all Gleak. Obviously, their quarterback, first team all Gleak, Jared Bernhard. He's the quarter or the player of the year. Excuse me. Their running back, Tyler Miner, was first team as a running back. They had three offensive linemen on that first team. So you look at a front like that, obviously they're getting the recognition that they deserve. They've got a, a just a team all around that, that's pretty stacked. But for me, I mean, that's that's really the only thing, thing I can think of as far as a weakness for those guys goes. If they have to claw their way back into a game late, because we saw Bernhardt and them try to make some some deep throws, and I actually think they completed a few of them on us. But by no means is that a pass-oriented offense. So yeah, you don't feel their passing game. No, you really don't. But it's not like they don't have talented wide receivers either. They have athletes out there. It's, it's just not. He's not a traditional game. quarterback. No, he is well, not. You can't take nothing away from him because every team know that they can't necessarily throw the ball, and they go out there and they win every week. Yeah. Now you got a fumble against Bernhardt during our game, correct? Well, yeah, that's, yeah, I did. So he had two or two or maybe three. I know he recovered two. Yeah, I think he. But I think I he know. coughed up three balls in that times. game. Yeah. So was that something that you, going into the game, knew you were going to go for? Or was that just something like a, you know, just make a play and the ball popped out? I mean, they were driving on us, so I think it was just kind of a, somebody punched it out, so it worked in our favor. I mean, they were shoving it right down our throat. and Yeah. It was it was on a long run, too. I think he was diving. Maybe Brady punched it out, Brady mm-hmm. Hansen, so... I mean, luckily, I was those right are there. those are those are a few big plays though because we were in that game in that in that first half, and right. I know that towards the end of it, it got away from us, ended up losing by what like almost thirty points or something yeah. along those lines. But um, twenty in, to forty four. There you go. So, uh, but I mean, in in that type of game, those type of plays are huge, and they yeah. turned the ball over that many times and still found a way to you know beat our ass because that that's a solid football team. So. I just thought that was uh, that was pretty interesting. So we will have uh, Myron Harris, who's a running back from Wayne State, joining us here in about ten minutes. Um, he was a first team running back as well. 
Um, and before we let you go, I want to talk. You remember number seven from Wayne? Yeah, I do. He had a he had a solid game against us. No, yeah, he, he played pretty good. Yeah, what's going on, Coach? But um, so he'll be he'll be coming on here in a little bit. But I feel like he was he was pretty solid when he came yeah. up here and had a had a good game. You were uh, you're friends with him or no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's from uh, he's kind of around the same area where I'm at. But he was on the all state team with me um, for a couple of them. But he ended up actually tearing his meniscus, I believe. Uh, did not play the last couple of games of the year, so he is he uh, still got that first team honor. But it was pretty impressive. He had a great year, so we'll be talking to him in a little bit. Um, but other than that. Talked about the speed of the game a little bit. Anything else surprise you as far as coming up to play D2 ball at your position or no? Um, I mean, basically just the speed of the game. That's all I can say. Yeah. yeah. Nothing really. What do you, uh, as far as your game goes, what's something that you think you want to improve on by next year, come next fall? Just block destruction, getting off blocks, I'd say. I mean, especially yeah. being obviously the inside backer, the one and only one in there. You got to be able to get off blocks quick and make the play. So, so that's yeah. probably what I struggled with most when I – when a lineman gets up on me, I mean, making that play, getting off the block and tackling the guy. Yeah. Now, Jimmy, you get to go against this guy, excuse me, every day, right, running that scout team offense. Yeah. He a dog out there too or what? Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's pretty good. He's all right. <laughs> he's a decent player, you know. No, I got – yeah, Will's awesome. He's obviously – Really good linebacker, going up against him every day. You know, I yeah, hey, I might have made him miss a couple times. I was gonna say, were you were you modeling Bernhardt uh, Ferris yeah. week? I mean, I was I was doing what I could do. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, shifty but, yeah. through there. Yeah, I love having Will as our starting linebacker. It's uh, definitely I feel really good when I'm out there on the sidelines watching. I'm like, yeah, he's gonna make plays. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. We got, we got the right guy there. Yeah, and you're a sideline to sideline guy, which is huge, right? A lot of your tackles came from running dudes down yeah. on the sideline. It's not like. You can be a hole, like hole stuffer too. Right. You know what I mean? Like you yeah. can meet somebody in the hole. You have the size to do that and the strength to right. do that. But I think that's the more challenging thing for a lot of that, especially that middle linebacker position. Yeah. So that's that is uh, that's really important. Now you said you mentioned it earlier. You're that only linebacker in the box, right? You've got some help on the outsides, but as far as the middle goes, you're kind of that uh, on field, whatever you want to call it, like a general or whatever. Right. Does that come with more responsibility as far as coordinating the defense and making sure everybody's in the right position? More just knowing what coverage I am in and then just adjusting the front to whatever the coaches call in. Okay. Yeah. That's all. How many – do we make any, um, you know, many adjustments pre-snap or you kind of just get it set and kind of run with whatever you got? It's whatever personnel they are. And, we're, I mean, that's yeah. how we line up. So you get it set it, so. pre-snap. There's not too many right, too many no, changes to go no. off of, uh, you know, crazy-wise after that. Not really. Um, but were there anybody else – I'm trying to think here. Um, you look at this, this first-team ugly act list. Is there anyone that you played against that you remember, like – I, that really, guy was, I uh, didn't look at the list. Yeah, I mean, you can you. you can read it and scroll through there, but I just wanted to know um, you guys too. I mean, is there anyone that we played against that you were like definitely deserved to be on that list, or uh, anyone that pops out? You said that Myron Harris is coming on. Yeah, he's coming on about five minutes. Okay. Yeah. What number was he? He was number seven on okay. Wayne State. He's on. A, he's up there. Yeah, he was pretty good. Yeah, I thought. Uh, in terms of running hard, the uh, what's his name? From where he went to uh, Davenport, number five. Oh, I know what you're talking about. He yeah. ran pretty hard. Stocky guy. I mean, the first time we played him, he hit me pretty hard. Yeah. No, I'm not sure. I know you're talking about the name uh, escapes me right now, but I'm not sure if he's on there. I don't remember Davenport having any running backs on there. But, I mean, that also comes with not winning many games, right? It's hard to right. it's hard to get guys on there if you don't get that, that type of recognition. Now, our boy Ty, you know Ty would have been on there. Now you had to go get yourself hurt, huh? Man, I would have grabbed everything. <laughs> the, whole, the whole nine. That <laughs> The uh, Saginaw Valley State guy, he was pretty good. Yeah, Tommy Scott. Yeah, he was a good. He was a he was a very good receiving back. I saw. Yeah, like getting out of the number five. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure what number 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 five. five, uh, He got back of the year. He's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was. He was. Yeah, I guess I should go over some of the other awards in the uh, in the conference here. So the player of the year, like we said, was Jaron Bernhardt. The offensive back of the year, right there, Tommy Scott from Saginaw Valley. Uh, Offensive lineman of the year, no surprise there. Uh, He's from Ferris State. Defensive lineman, also from Ferris State. Defensive back was Nick Whiteside from Saginaw Valley. And then our, our man Will is a freshman of the year. And finally, the coach of the year was Tony Anise from Ferris State. So those are the GLIAC Awards. Now, I want to talk, before we let Will go here, I want to talk a little bit about um, Ferris moving on to the playoffs. I mean, not to say that we're, I guess, rooting for these guys, but for lack of a better term. It's good I mean, for the GLIAC. Exactly. Like, I'd like, to, I'd like yeah. to see them win, right? I think, could you guys agree on that? Oh, I mean, yeah, I agree. I'd like yeah. to see them win. Yeah. So right now, they've got Northwest Missouri State. Um, coming to Ferris this weekend. And the last two meetings, Ferris has beat Northwest Missouri State, which has been in the playoffs both times. 
Um, it, it should be an interesting matchup, but right now... What round? Is this quarterfinals? Or is, yeah, this I think it's a semifinals coming. No, I believe this is only quarterfinals. Oh, really? Quarters. I okay. think it's only the quarters. So quarter semis uh. and then there. Yeah, so uh, right now, though, I really just don't see them getting beat. Yeah. Who would they play after this week? That is a good question. I can pull up the bracket. What about right that? Uh, what is it? Valdosta. Valdosta Val- State. Yeah, they're they're like they? a perennial contender. Yeah, they're always good. Yeah, they are. Are they still playing? Yes, Valdosta State is still playing. Um, no, Georgia, I think, right? Something. What's what about West Florida? West Florida got they upset. got knocked out by Brandon Walker's old school, Newberry. Newberry uh, did knock yeah. them out. I'm trying to find the. Um, I'm trying to think. What about those uh, Northern Sun schools? Yeah, Northern like Sun. Like I know Mankato. Duluth good. Mankato. Yeah. Mankato's usually good, yeah. Mankato was good. I'm trying to find the Ooh, let me see this. bracket here. Oh, yeah, is this it? Yeah, here we go. So you have Ferris State, Northwest Missouri State, and this is the Colorado yeah, School of the Mines is good. They're the one seed. Yeah, that's so crazy. Colorado School of Mines and Angelo State. Why are they are good? Playing. That's a good question, man. Their league was good <laughs> over there. What the hell? So there you have Newberry upset number three, West Florida, in the first round. Valdosta State plays Bowie State. And then you have Coostown? Coos what is that? Coostown. Coostown? Coostown and Shepard. It's so funny, too, how this, how the football, you know, D2 football works, too. You look at the quarterfinals now, one seed versus two seed, one seed versus two seed, one seed versus two seed, and one seed versus three seed. They get it right, man. I really think it's they get it right. There are not a lot of upsets that happen. I mean, that Newberry game against West Florida was that's, kind of the exception. That's, that's a pretty big one. Yeah. It was. So there, there's the rest of the teams, though. I know they had a, they had a couple Minnesota teams in there. I would, they would have been um, – yeah. Down there, but um, other than that, nothing really surprising oh, so Bemidji, far. Bemidji yeah, Bemidji State there, yeah. is in there, and then Duluth lost that first round. But um, I really think Ferris has—they've definitely got a shot to uh, to bring it home this year. But I've seen some some talented teams that have a good shot as well. But otherwise, Will, I think that's all I've got for you, man. I appreciate you. All right, uh, man. Appreciate yeah. you coming on. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. Of course, brother. I'll see you. All right. All right. Joining us now in Division right. One Rejects. Is a returning guest, number seven for Wayne State. He had 131 rushes this year for over 1,000 yards. He just broke that, 1,028 for nine touchdowns. Had a long of 77. Also had the game of his life against Northwood, uh, where he broke Joyke Bell's single-game rushing record at Wayne State. It's Myron Harris. He's also 20 today. So happy birthday, and welcome back on the pod, Myron. It's good to have you, man. It's good to be back. That dude, that record. And I obviously didn't get to see that game live, but I got to watch um, the majority of it. What was that like? I know Joyke Bell uh, reacted to it too. What was that like to see that? Well, if I'm being honest, I didn't even know that I was even coming close to the record until like until literally like the play before I actually broke it. Yeah, so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think or you know know, like, know anything of it. But it was kind of cool to see Joyke uh, react to it. I actually bet Joyke uh, prior to the season uh, a couple of times, and I chopped it up with him. And I told him that I was gonna break his record, and it's so happened to be that night. No way, man! So the the rushing yards on the night were th- was three hundred and twenty seven. That was the magic number. Now you broke it by a little bit. It wasn't like a yard or two, um, but that just right. had to be something that you know coming onto the scene. Obviously, you're in the same uh, group as I was, and we just had Will Borchard on. I don't know if you remember number four. From uh, yeah. from our squad, yeah. So we had him on because he won that freshman of the year awards. So we were talking with him a bit about that, but. Coming on, obviously you have the COVID year last year. You don't get to play. You get to practice, however, so you still get to, you know, get in that football mode. Coming into this year to have a dominant year like you had. I mean, obviously you're a confident guy, and I know that, um, you know, you're going to go out there and you're going to compete with the best. But is this anything like what you expected from yourself coming into this year? Uh, if I'm being honest, and I say this respectfully and humbly, yes. <laughs> I knew um, it. I knew, I knew it. I knew coming in that, you know, like I knew I could bump with these guys right away. Of course, man. You know, coming in, you know, as a true freshman. I mean, like if we didn't have COVID, I would have played my true freshman. Year. Oh, of course. And I'll tell you how that season would have went. Yeah. But, you know, I'll, I'll, yeah, no. from the from the time I committed I, I, and, and then watched the game, and she, you know, a couple of films, I, oh, yeah, I could bump with them right away right now. Yeah. Now, another thing, I mean, we'll talk about you more too, but – um, your boy, uh, is it Kolka? Is that how I pronounced the last name? Yeah. Yeah, so he got some starts at quarterback too because that was one thing for me that I noticed. You guys had a solid team. Like, that is the best, was it 0-6 or something? That was the best 0-6 team I've, I mean, obviously, that I've ever seen. You guys <laughs> have got guys across the board that are super talented. It felt like at the quarterback position, you just couldn't find someone that stuck through multiple games. Is that what I'd be kind of correct looking at that? Yeah. See, what happened was with the quarterback thing is, uh, so Josh actually won it and uh, beat out the quarterback prior. He did, okay. That. And um, 
and and we were actually and there was the second game of the season when he uh, was his first start, but the third game of the season we actually almost won because when Josh was in the game, we broke the a rushing head passing combined, we broke the um, offensive record no in way. the first half. That's awesome. For, yeah, man. For most yards since yeah, in the game. So That's awesome. But that was the same game that he got hurt and when he got hurt, we were actually winning. Yeah. So So yeah. coming back then, he would obviously be the favorite to be the starter for you guys next year, I assume. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. And I mean uh, like I said, you guys have got dudes across the board. You were one of four first-team all-GLIAC selections on your squad. So it's not like, like I said, you guys have talent. The talent is definitely there. I feel like when I talk to that coaching staff, you guys definitely believe in those guys, and they seem to be a good group of guys down there. Oh, yeah. See, it's, just, it's just really hard when we got a mixture of, you know, super young and super old and then trying to make that mission and, you know, play together as a first season because we have a lot of old guys too that have been there mm-hmm. watch the games and this is their first year playing yeah. you know just as well as you know like, you know, like it is mine so you know the, the like the team camaraderie and the, and the chemistry was a little hard to, to gel throughout the season but later on in the season you know I mean we started gelling a little bit 100%. And you could tell because you guys started, um, not that you weren't before, but you started really being competitive and, and being in some games that, frankly, a lot of people probably didn't think you should be in. So that's always a good sign as a team to uh, compete in a lot of those. Now, I got to ask, toughest defensive front for you to run against this year? Is there anyone that comes to mind immediately? Yes. Um, <clears throat> I say, I say too. I say you guys and uh, Davenport. Davenport, really? The, up front, yes, they they were big. I don't know if it was just because it was super cold, but hey, did up you front, play? They were huge. Did you play against the the number one play when y'all played Davenport? Uh, yeah, number one, six, two, uh, somebody else because they had a couple of players from uh, Michigan. Yeah, that, yep. uh, like yeah, the linebacker, right? Yep. Yeah, and number then, one was yep, a monster. Oh yeah. Gave it to him a little bit though. He, he me and him was chopping it up during the game. And that was fun though. But it's no secret. That was fun to see, like you know, like where like I messed up. Yeah, you know, like I get the for sure. Big for sure. You know, you know what I'm saying. But yeah, oh, then they had like a last chance guy on there too. He was uh, really he was the wide receiver. Yeah, he, he was like. They seemed like a team that had, I mean, when we played them, it felt like they had that, that talent was definitely there. Just something about that team, they never usually click. And part of it might just be because they have a lot of guys from a lot of different areas and a lot of different, uh, you know, phases in their life, I guess you could say. But it just seems like right. they've got a little bit of an interesting dynamic there that's different than um, some of the other schools. And sometimes they make it work, and sometimes, like this year, it just it didn't seem to work out for them. So it, it's interesting. But, I mean, for you, going into this next year, now wasn't there – um, there was another running back from, from Wayne, I'm trying to think, uh, Kendall Williams here. So he was uh, a second team all GLIAC. So it's not, like I said, um, that position too, you guys have depth at a lot of positions. The running back is one of them too. So what was it like, uh, running with Williams too? You didn't have to be, even though a lot of times you were, you didn't have to be the only guy toting the rock. Right. Which, by the way, I love that. You know what I'm saying? It's just not only being, you know, one guy, cause that just makes the offense. More dangerous, but yeah. uh, running with Kendall, it, it was, it was, it was very nice because, you know, we're two different running backs, but yet similar style, but we both bring different things to the table, and when both are in the game at the same time, yep, it, it just makes it, it just makes it harder, you know, for defenses, especially when we go into our like our our packages and stuff like like with me and him in it. Yeah, hundred percent. Now he's only a redshirt sophomore. He's from Farmington Hills. So did you know him before coming to Wayne, or not? Not so much. Uh, not too much. I actually met uh, Kendall coming in the way. Okay. And then, you know, we became, you know, real close. And yeah. Then, you know, just let that chemistry from there. For sure. And it's not like, um, who, do you have any older guys in that room? Or, I mean, obviously you guys get the, the most playing time it looks like, but I don't, I don't know what your room looks like. Are there older guys in that room or is it kind of a younger running back room for you guys? Um, a little bit of, a little bit of both. We got just a couple old guys. Well, one thing old guys, but, you know, a couple. <laughs> yeah, at players. this point, there are some legitimately old guys that are playing in some some football right now. We had a wide receiver on oh, our yeah. team that was twenty six. So, I mean, it some they, dudes are getting up there. Yeah, look. Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah, I don't know how you're doing it right now. You're halfway <laughs> thirty, and you're still playing football at college. Seriously, yeah, no. But we got some. Yeah, no, we got some. Uh, you know, some experienced players in the. Uh, in the room. Yeah, that's good. That's good to hear. We were talking about the playoffs a bit, and uh, Ferris versus Grand Valley. Obviously, Ferris took that one decisively for the second round of the playoffs. 
And I mean, does that? It didn't really surprise us too much. So that does does that surprise you at all that Ferris took that one? Oh no, I'm not surprised by Longshot. Both are very good teams. Yeah, you know, especially speaking, you know, from like for the season and everything. Um, but you know, it didn't surprise me. I wonder. I thought GB was gonna put up more of a fight. Yeah, you know, instead of just laying down the story like that, but it seemed like they came in the game ready to win in the white flag. Yeah, seriously, and it felt like because. Um, obviously, GV played them very close when they were at home. They only lost by one score. Now, that was in Lubber Stadium, and that was at Grand Valley. So, definitely a different uh, energy and a different atmosphere there. Well, how many fans did they have in that game, by the way, fellas? Wasn't that like 18,000? Yeah, they broke the record. It was like 18,000, 19,000, I think. That is unreal. I mean, I could not I could not imagine playing in that environment. I'm trying to think. Yeah, I, would, I haven't I been to uh, – I haven't I even been to Wayne's. Like I'm trying to think. Yeah, I don't think be, I've been to Wayne's awesome. Stadium. Yeah, yeah that would be sweet. Be, it's like a dream come true. Yeah, for that many people. The dome's capacity isn't even that big. It's like, it's like eight. It's like I think eight, it, eight, I, eight or ten, maybe. I want to say it's like yeah, eight or nine. I think it's right in there. But that'd be unreal. Yeah. I don't think I've been down to Waynesfield. Yeah, no way. Uh, we get a pretty nice crowd. Like first Good. game, slippery rock. It was it was jumping. I mean, every seat the fans was filled. Yeah, I don't I mean, know how much. I don't know how much I stay in holds, but you know <laughs> when you talk standing room and you know the track and uh-huh. you know. And everything, and the, and the little tent on the side, and in the end zone. Yeah, and Slippery Rock was a playoff team. team, and you guys lost that game by what, like three or four points? Yeah, like three, two, three points. Yeah, and it's unreal. So they lost in that first round to a really solid Notre Dame team, and then you guys also played Missouri S and T, who I think was just shy of getting into the playoffs. But we said it kind of cut out. Uh, you guys also played Missouri S and T, right? Yeah, yeah, and they were a team that was just shy of getting into the playoffs. So you guys, what it looked like to me is that you opened the season with the absolute gauntlet. But I feel like usually when that happens to a team like you guys, it probably made you a lot closer. And coming through that and dealing with all that now and getting that out of the way, um, I, I would assume you guys are poised to have a really solid year next year. You, I'm assuming you think the same way. I oh, know yeah, we're Wayne, um, and I'm not just saying this because I'm on the team. We're definitely gonna, uh, you know. Drop a couple of jobs and make a couple of eyes day. <laughs> Hell yeah! No, especially, I love that. Especially with the especially with our debt collect. Because I mean, we were in games that we shouldn't have. have been even we're like remotely close, you know, to it. We didn't even have half of our you know offense. Yeah, like you know what I mean. So you know, and speaking for the defense too. So it's like you know we did what we did, and we had a lot of young guys playing too. And so now we got that experience and confidence. Mm-hmm. And then it's like you know we all had pretty decent seasons as first years. So it's like imagine you know what the second year is going to be. Hopefully. So, yeah, no, I feel that, and it should be good for you guys. I think that'll, um, you know, when the teams in the GLAC like Wayne are good, that's just better football for everyone. So, I think that'll be uh, that'll be awesome for you guys to get back to uh, to where you were at. It's not like you know you've been without success for a while. I mean, the last year the GLAC played, they finished at was it second or third in the conference? I believe it was third, right behind Ferris and Ashland in 2019. No, Wayne oh, finished yeah. second. I think, yeah, I think it was, yeah. was it second? They finished second because they barely yeah. missed the playoffs. Yeah, no, you're right. You're yeah. right. Yeah. So it's not like, yeah, it's not like you guys have been down and out. I mean, one year is one year. I'm sure you'll be right back to it. Yeah, no way. Yeah, no way was uh hold up for sure. Especially because that year before they had all the good players because we got uh, some players that are currently in the league, like the Reach Robertson. Mm-hmm. Um, wide receiver who was really good, dude, freaking fast. Yeah. And so, you, had a lot of, you had a lot of talent everywhere. That's good to hear. Now, last thing for you. Obviously, first team all Gliak, even though you didn't get to play, was it the last one or two games? Two. It was the last two. So that's definitely something that you I wish I know you uh you know wish you had back. Um but Oh yeah. Uh, totally. But um as far as, as as far as your play goes, obviously first team all Gliak, you broke, you eclipsed a thousand yards, which is a huge accomplishment for anyone. Now going into next year, I mean you've got three more years to play and get cracked at this thing. What are your goals? As far as moving on and progressing your game, where do you think you can you improve the most? Um, just my IQ, of course, but you can always sharpen that. Um, IQ, uh, physicality, you know, physique, you know, and just you know, becoming more of a you know pro type running back. You know? Yeah, I, w- I want people to be able to look at me play and look at my game and, and look like, oh yeah, he's a pro. Yeah. No, 100%. And that's and the goal is to be an all-down running back, right? Not a specialist, someone that can do it all. Yeah, no, I want and, – and, and that's another thing, too. I want my, my skill set to be showcased more. So, And that's one thing that, you know, like we t- talked with coach and everything for it. Yeah. So, 
hundred percent, bro. Well, you got it. And I, I'm, I'm saying that and I mean it, bro. I've seen you play and, and you really do. So best of luck to you. I know we'll be, uh, we'll be in touch, but appreciate you coming back on, man. Well, yeah, of course. I look forward to uh, seeing y'all down that time. That Hell yeah, bro. Hell yeah. I'll, Hell I'll yeah. be back next fall. We'll get at it. All right. Yes, sir. All right. See you, Myron. Appreciate you, bro. See you. Myron Harris, the man. He did have a solid year, and um, hopefully he gets that. He had a, a knee injury there in that uh, one of those final games, so he'll get that, um, you know, recovered, get that back to go, and he'll be back next year. So that should be a fun one. He's going to be a good running back for for years, and he was he was damn good in high school too. That kid was a that kid was a monster. But moving on from the Gleak scene, let's talk. We want to go NFL or college football first, gentlemen. I'll let you choose. Got to start college. Got to start with college. All right. Rivalry week. Let's start right there. Didn't disappoint like we talked about. There were some huge playoff implications. The first one, Michigan beats Ohio State in the big house, 42-27. And now they're playing in the Big Ten Championship against Iowa. A lot of people thought it was going to be Wisconsin, but after that loss to Minnesota, that, that's going to be, uh, you know, your Big Ten chance going to come out of one of those teams. What do you think about it? Nothing, apparently. Uh, to be honest, <laughs> I ain't going to lie. I don't know. Because Wisconsin was the ranked second. At the one favorite, point. yeah. It seemed to be the favorite coming out of the the, the, the east. Yeah. No. The west. The west. That's yeah. the west. Yeah. They was they were number two in the country at well, one I point about in Iowa? time. No, Iowa's number two. Iowa's in the country, number two. Not Wisconsin. That's what I'm talking about. Iowa. Oh, okay. Sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Iowa was ranked second in the country at a point in time, and they they took a stumble, but any team that was when playing at the level that they were playing at. You can't take anybody lightly. Mm-hmm. And their strength is on the defense and playing physical. And the last time we saw Michigan play a team predicated on strength and physicality and defense, they lost. Michigan State? Yeah. So well, I think they lost that because uh, J.J. McCarthy fumbled in, like, in the Michigan State's red zone. I think Michigan like outplayed Michigan State, I think. They lost that game because Michigan State won that game. <laughs> Well, kind, of, of, kind of Walker won the game. I was going to say, too, I, think, yeah. I think really the biggest thing for them, and I think the defense does play a big part in it, but really it, you could say it's Kenneth Walker, but I would say more broadly that it was just giving up big plays. Yeah. Right? Big, giving up big explosive plays and having those gaps in the defense. Because like you said, in a lot of the statistical aspects, they outplayed them. And when you watch that game, they really did outplay them yes. in a lot of the facets of the game. But when you give up those big plays and you have key turnovers at certain points in the game, you're not going to win that type of game. Because you know that game is always going to be a one-score game. It doesn't matter who's who, what ranking is what. That's a game that could go either way. So when you make those mistakes, you're not going to win a game like that. I think that. this is a dangerous game for Michigan. Because yeah. Iowa defense is a lot better than Michigan State's. This is the best defense they'll play all year. Yeah. So I feel like this is not Even a if game. they make it to the playoffs. This is the you think Iowa from Georgia. Okay, I was going to say. That, that's what I was aside hinting from at. Georgia, yeah. this is the best defense that Michigan, up to this point, in their season, this is the best defense they've played. And so right now, you look at the college football rankings, right? We have Georgia, then it goes Michigan. Yeah. Is it Cincy, then Alabama, correct? No, Alabama, it's Alabama Cincy. then Cincy. Okay, so do we agree with Michigan being ahead of Alabama there? Uh, no. I mean, because like if you, you said. Wanna, if you want to talk about the best teams in the nation, it's Georgia, Alabama. But yeah. with the showing, you got to – it don't really make a difference who's two or who's three because mm-hmm. they're going to play each other anyways. That's fair. That's a good point. I didn't really think about that. So it don't, it don't yeah. really matter. It but don't. <laughs> at you look at the last two games they just played, Michigan looked like a better team than Alabama. So you got to put Michigan that's true. in two. That's very true. I mean, if you're going off of recency, then that's 100%. I would I would take that. But I don't but think, I think Alabama's making a playoff. No, because you think losing to S- in the SEC championship to Georgia? It's over. Does a two-loss Alabama get in or a one-loss Notre Dame? Notre Dame that's not even going to make it in. Then who is Oklahoma State? Yeah, because they jumped. Oklahoma. What if Oklahoma, Oklahoma State was this? Oklahoma State jumped Notre Dame. Oklahoma State plays Baylor in the uh, is it Big Twelve, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, in the Big Twelve yeah. Championship, I think that's a trap game for Oklahoma State, and it's I, not. I, I wouldn't, shouldn't I even say so a trap. Too. I shouldn't say a trap game because Baylor's what like ninth. Like yeah. Baylor is not an, an technically maybe an underdog, but really Baylor knows they're not really an underdog in that game. Okay. Baylor's got some dogs. So I give it to you like this: This is why Alabama not going to make it in. Okay. If Alabama lose, Oklahoma State lose. Baylor going to have an argument that they should have been in it, you know, because they won the Big 12. Okay. There's no way that Notre Dame can drop with them not playing a game, you know? Yeah. There's nobody else that can really. I mean, that's happened before, though. This wouldn't be the first time that happened. I don't think Alabama can lose this game and make it into the playoff. 
Really? If Alabama loses this, even game, if it's to the number one team in the country, well, say it's a one score game, they go to overtime. Like, yeah, like like a, like an uh, Auburn Iron Bowl type deal. If Alabama loses this game <laughs> and they're making it to the playoff, this is for money and, and ratings. <laughs> well, you got to pick the four uh, best teams because it doesn't be based on the record. It's the four best teams, exactly. not who has the best record. That's I why know, I don't think Cincinnati yeah. should be in. Like, I I I understand they're going to be undefeated. Most likely, they're playing Houston. It's like a Houston, the spread's like 10 points. Houston's a top 20, top 15 no, team Houston's right now. Houston's ranked, but yeah. Cincinnati's a pretty big favorite in that game. Mm. You're yeah. crazy um, if you don't think Cincinnati should be in. Cincinnati right. lost to Georgia by one possession last year. And Georgia was better last year than they are this year, as far as offensively. Yeah, but, I mean, that's half the game. Like, Georgia's a lot better this year than they were last year. Like As a team, I'm saying. That's why they're number one in the country. Yeah. I would, I would agree. They were that. number but one in the country last year until Stetson Bitten. I will, I will also say that I, I, I do think Cincinnati has earned the spot to be, to be in a playoff game. They've had some, some stumbles, but I think what's most important about their stumbles is that they've all resulted in wins. Right? Who, you, who you putting up so, in over Cincinnati? Hold on, let me let me finish this thought. Let me finish this thought. Cincinnati, when you talk about stumbles, and I think a lot of teams have had stumbles this year. Iowa was one of them. Michigan State with their loss to Purdue too. That was a huge stumble. And the biggest thing about those is that they resulted in losses. Cincinnati's had their stumbles. They had one against Tulsa. That game was within, what, four or five points, something like that. But the thing is, at the end of the day, they got it came together and got a win out of it. So I thought that was really big because Tulsa was a solid opponent, and they give Cincinnati a good fight almost every year. They're usually in that American Conference championship with them. This year, obviously, it's Houston, but it's going to be – I think it'll be a scrappy game. I think Cincinnati still pulls it out with like convincingly, though. Yeah, if, if Cincinnati wins, like they should be in as the four seed. Yeah. And they're going to lose by thirty because conference championships are supposed to hold some weight as yeah. far as what and the if college undefe- if there's only game. if they're the only other undefeated team and they're thirteen and zero and like mm-hmm. I mean you almost have to put them in. Would I put them in if I had a vote for the committee? <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, like, do you think? Do you honestly think that Cincinnati is a better football team than Ohio State? Ohio State lost to Michigan. But do you, you think? But, but no, in, no, I'm not saying that they are. Do I, I think Cincinnati is a better football team than Ohio State? That, that, that was the question. I'm not saying who should get in. I'm saying who's the better football team. That's no, tough. Ohio, oh, Cincinnati's not a better football team than Ohio that, State. That's not the talk. But Ohio asking. State has not handled their business. Therefore, you couldn't put no, them in. Cincinnati has you lost one game in you, the past two years, and it's to the number one team in the country right now. Yeah. So, honestly, I can make the argument. They might be better than Cincinnati. They might be better than Ohio State. So I think being better and playing better are two different things, right? That's kind of what we're talking about. Like, Michigan is playing better right now than some of, like, Alabama. Right. Michigan right? not better than Ohio State. But they beat them. But they played a lot better. And that's and that's just that's facts. You could say they were better than them on that day. So it, it's interesting to look at. And I don't know if you guys saw the playoff committee actually just came together and had another meeting about potentially expanding the playoff. Did you guys see that? I would love that to happen. So That'd be awesome. I, I used to be on that train. And I used to love the idea of an expansion. And the more and more that I thought about it, and, and in the past couple of years when we've seen the playoffs, it feels like it don't matter. are there really four teams that are worthy to play every year in the playoffs? That's a, it's a tough question. Sometimes there are, and right now it always feels like when they do, when they do the playoff rankings, oh, this, these guys are getting snubbed, these guys whatever. And then you see Notre Dame and go get their freaking butts kicked in the first round in that semifinal game. That's what's, that's what's going to happen again this year. I mean, maybe. Right? Maybe. We don't know. So that Cincinnati-Georgia that Cincinnati game will be, I think right now if that goes and happens, I think a lot of these people begging for a playoff expansion are going to just shut their mouths. And I, like I, I said, man. I've been in favor of an expansion for a while, even if it's just to – you know, six or eight teams. I'd be fine. It's not going to be Cincinnati eight, versus right? Georgia, though. Cincinnati going to go to three. Oh, they shouldn't be three. Oh. <laughs> the only way, the only way they get to three, though, if if Michigan loses, they Cincinnati will go to three. What? What? If Michigan they loses, Cincinnati should have to play Georgia. He's talking about Alabama losing. And Alabama is going oh. to lose. Yeah, that's what he's talking about. Alabama's three. Alabama's going oh. to lose. Cincinnati's yeah. is going be, to go to three. And you think Bama will be four? No, Bama's not getting in if they he's lose. Saying, oh, he's saying they're out. Yeah, I don't. I don't necessarily think that Alabama's out with a loss. Because, I really don't okay, think so. I actually, I, 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 I put it like this: Cincinnati beat Notre Dame, and if Alabama and Oklahoma, Oklahoma State lose, Notre Dame is going to get into the playoff. Therefore, Cincinnati would have already beaten a playoff team without a head coach. Oh no! Sorry, Notre Dame. Them, Notre Dame without a head coach. With I'm Brian talking. Kelly. No, yeah. I'm talking. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking going to the playoff. Yeah, for sure. Sorry. Yeah, for yeah. sure. But that means they'd already beat a playoff team. And the only team that they lost to in the calendar 365 days <laughs> is the Georgia Bulldogs, who look like World the beaters. New England Patriots right now. <laughs> so it's, I, 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 I guess because they're a group of five school that you can say, do they deserve to be in there? I'm not trying to hear none of that. It's hard. Cincinnati yeah. is one of the top four teams in the country. Regardless of how they played against whoever, 
They don't lose. They find a way to win. What I think is also pretty convincing that's got me kind of on board of the Cincinnati train is it's not only the college football playoff rankings. You look at the AP, but more importantly, the coaches poll, they're still right up there, and they're still in that top four, top five teams. Every week. That, to me, says in some ways a lot more than that playoff committee's poll because the coaches poll obviously are coming from the guys that are coaching against these teams or are coaching in the same uh, area and league as these teams. So I think – in some ways, that actually carries more weight for me than the college football playoff. At the end of the day, the playoffs are the most important rankings, but some of those other ones do definitely have an impact on, on the decision-making process. Yeah, I uh, personally, obviously, Cincinnati getting in and doing well would be like a great Cinderella story. Everyone it would be. Like, everyone loves a great underdog story. I'm not yeah. even really trying to hate on Cincinnati here. <laughs> it's just like, this kind of screams like UCF like all over again. Right. I mean, that's just yeah. what it feels like to me. If you guys remember, I mean, Tasha, obviously, Cincinnati lost <laughs> to Georgia. UCF beat Joe Burrow and LSU. Am I, did that did that happen? Did, yes. they, did they win that? Yeah. I, I like no, they, they lost they beat, that game. Did, did they, they, they lost LSU? Yes, they I'm lost to LSU. We talking about their championship? championship? Yes. It, was like, it was like the game Joe Burrow threw a pick six and got absolutely clocked. They lost that game. They Are you talking about championship year, Joe Burrow? No, no the year before, before that. Yeah, but year before. Yeah, I don't know. I they don't lost remember. that game, and UCF had never beat a team, a, not a team ranked in the top five like Notre Dame was when Cincinnati beat them. Notre Dame was top five. No, Notre Dame was in the top five when they lost to Cincinnati. Well, there you go. But um, I did want to talk about, now, as far as the, the playoff expansion goes, I want to touch on this a little bit before we move on to some of the coaching changes in college football. What do you think, excuse me, what do you think the ideal number is? Say they do expand. Say they do decide. They're, They're nine. Or they either, nine. Either way, yeah. it was a good win. Yeah. yeah. Either but way. if they do decide to expand. Oh, before, um, I did want to touch on the, the Iron Bowl. You guys watch that? Auburn, Alabama? Auburn choked that game like no other. So hear me out. Hear me out. They were not playing like Alabama. That's why that game went so long, right? It felt like that last possession and in the overtimes, that was a different team that we watched. You watched the overtimes? Yeah. They looked like a different Alabama team. Like Alabama they just showed they, up in overtime. Right? They looked like they just figured it out but for Auburn some reason. did not take advantage. No, they did not. But what I'm saying is that, for me, is a quality of a playoff team. If you can turn it on when you need to turn it on in a big-time game like that, yeah, for sure. I think that's a quality of a playoff team. Yeah, and I think sure. for that, that's maybe not solely for that reason, but that's a reason for me that I would put them in the playoffs, even but if they lose reason, to Georgia. A reason why I wouldn't put them in the playoff, because they lost to Texas A&M. And yeah. Texas A&M just lost to an unranked LSU team. That is so true. So that's a bad loss That is now. true. That, that does is not, a bad loss. I didn't even really think about the implications and of how it, that looks for Alabama. You lose to Georgia, point. it's over. It's no way. I, I promise you. If Alabama loses the SEC championship. And if you're a college football playoff committee, like, selection member, you're really not supposed to play the who beat who game because you could do that all day and just go in circles. Yeah. Because college sports in any capacity are just unreal when it comes to that aspect. But, I mean, these guys are people, too. They definitely play that freaking game. Like, yeah. they definitely look at who beat it's who no way by they, how bad. It's no way they don't look at it. Right? They have to. That's, that's what I'm saying. Like, these people are people when it comes down to it. So, I think it'll be really interesting, but let's touch on some of the coaching changes here. The first one I want to talk about is Lincoln Riley. So he's coming from Oklahoma, going to USC. Even though his contract had him with the Sooners through 2025, USC will reportedly pay to buy out his contract. And then I want you to hear, Jimmy, you can read some of these. I want you to hear the other parts of his contract. I was showing, these are all rumored right now, but from some pretty reputable sources on Twitter. Right now, it looks like they're going to be paying him $110 million. They're going to be buying both of his homes in Norman, Oklahoma, for $500,000 over asking price, so we can get him to South, uh, Southern California just sooner than later. You're going to be getting a, uh, and by you, I mean Lincoln Riley, you're going to be getting a $6 million home in L.A. and unlimited use of private jet 24-7 for his family. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, this is for a college football uh, coaching position. Yeah, not this, like is, a, this is not the Queen of England. Not this like is, a president uh, of a small no, country. I was going to say, yeah, this is unbelievable. Like. The I, I would understand like the, the the big contract like Lincoln Riley's obviously like yeah worth just straight a lot of money. just straight just, money but now when the incentives and other things start rolling these incentives in. the private jet for twenty four seven for his family that, that's unbelievable <laughs> like I said none of this has actually been confirmed but these are from pretty okay, reputable okay. sources okay yeah that, still, I want to preface it by saying yeah, that. yeah but still the fact that these are even part of a conversation like a serious <laughs> conversation this was no parody account this like, is the coach is, football he gets he gets a private jet <laughs> wow it, I shouldn't say get. Use of use, the private jet. yes, yeah, essentially gets twenty four seven usage. It's basically it's his jet, basically you know? yeah. and everything but ownership. But um, I just I thought that was unreal. Um, and and really, we saw the backlash right from some of his players commenting on the social media posts and other things. And did you see what they were saying about him regurgitating the same stuff that he had said to the Oklahoma teams? 
anything like that. In his press conference, he goes, uh, USC would be the mecca of college football. Yeah. And one of the defensive linemen from Oklahoma uh-huh. commented on it, and he was like, he just told us that a couple of days ago. That's crazy. That I, feel like, like, right, I feel like your reaction, I wish you guys could have seen Jimmy's face. Your reaction right there was mine exactly. That leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Because like, that if that's terrible. true, if that's true, which I'm assuming it probably was, because that's just something that a coach would say, you know what I mean? But if that's true, that is not a good look. Like, that just sounds awful. And not to say that's going to ruin his credibility with his guys. He's obviously an outstanding coach. He's had a lot of uh, uh, really big games there and has had a solid career in, uh, in Oklahoma. But that's not a good look, man. To me, I feel like it's nothing wrong. If you feel like you got a better, <laughs> if you feel like you got a better opportunity somewhere, yep. But it's a business. Okay, you lose the rivalry game, and you're announced as the next head coach, the very next day. Yep. That that's not right. I feel it's like jumping ship. You gotta mm-hmm. you gotta finish. You know what I'm saying? Finish now, out the season, yeah, and now so many players have decommitted from Oklahoma. That's the crazy players part too. Are They're transferring from Oklahoma. Yep. Like he like whoever takes over the Oklahoma job is walking into a dumpster fire. That's kind of what it feels like Especially right now. with them going to the SEC, they're walking into a complete dumpster fire. Yeah, and that won't happen for a couple of years um, still. But, um, you know, you'd hope they can get that back because when Oklahoma's good, college football is just it's just better off. They're, but, they're also just Oklahoma, too. They are. Uh, so they'll be, they'll they'll be, be fine. fine. And, and that, part of the thing is, too, it is. I don't think so. One of their quarterbacks, like we talked about transferring, Spencer Rattler is in the transfer portal. Yeah. And talk about a guy who at one point was a Heisman favorite. In the beginning of the year. He coming, was. He was coming, the Heisman Yeah, favorite. coming yeah. into this year. I mean, that's a guy that everybody was looking at. He can't even win the starting quarterback job at his own university. And that is that is something for a Heisman candidate that does not look really good on a resume. So he's jumping ship along with Riley, I guess you could say. Really, it's kind of what's happening here. And like you said, they're losing recruits left and right, which is not great. Left and right. So it will be interesting to see what Oklahoma does. Now, the other head coach that made a lot of waves was Brian Kelly, a guy that has GLIAC experience. He was at Grand Valley before, you didn't know this, he won national championships at Grand Valley. Before, he went to Central, and then he was at Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati, and then obviously to Notre Dame. Thank you for filling in the hey, hole you, there. You need a Cincinnati hoodie or a jersey or something? <laughs> no, I just, I, just, I just know my football. You know what I'm saying? I know my football. Well, Cincinnati uh, not better than Ohio State, nah. but Ohio State couldn't beat Oregon, who lost to uh, – who was that? Utah? <laughs> I'm not saying. Like, Cincinnati's good, bro. I'm not saying they're not good. Like, they're worthy of being awesome. a top well, 10 Cincinnati's team. Cincinnati's not a top like, 14. That was awesome. Do you, think oh, they're, do you think they're one of the four best teams in the country? That's all I'm asking. Not, yes. not, who, should, not who should get in. They deserve to get in if yes. they're undefeated. I, I don't a, think they're the, I got a four Christmas, of the best teams. I got a Christmas gift for Ty. We can get them. They deserve to get in, some, but they're not Bear four Cats best. Gear. You like yeah, that? Oh, yeah. You, you need something. Let's get you something. Ohio boys, man. Maybe get them a backpack or something, too. But Brian Kelly is out of Notre Dame. He's accepted the head coaching job at LSU following the departure, or like, firing, really, of Ed Orgeron, Coach O. Coach o. And the last three uh-huh. coaches at LSU have all won national championships, Nick Saban, Les Miles, and Coach O. So that's got to be tempting for a guy who has continually lost big games. Because when you look at it, really, Notre Dame has been there in a, in a lot of games, but they never seem to pull those they games out. They embarrass themselves on national television. They do. Frequently. And the thing that I always associate Notre Dame with, when you look at the playoff committee and when they rank teams, and they always talk about what is the team's biggest win over another ranked opponent. Way too often, Notre Dame is on the wrong side of those. Notre Dame is always someone's biggest win. And for me, if, if that's your legacy as a program, and they've won... So he's won so many games in Notre Dame. I don't want to say he's by the, any I means. He's the winningest coach. He, he is. Just, he just didn't win the big one. Exactly. That's and all. He, yeah. he has won so many games, and he obviously had a great career at Notre Dame. Um, but that's what I'm saying is he seems to have always just come out on the wrong side of those big games. He always seems to be everybody's biggest win. So to, to me, that's just – it feels like it was tempting, too tempting for him to get, to get out of there and to go to somewhere that has proven program, even though every year they might not be, you know – World beaters, they're not Dame, like this though. year. Yeah, yeah but it's a blue chip program. Man. Exactly. Yeah. So that'll really be interesting. Now, have you seen some of the stories coming about coming out about Brian Kelly? Some of the GAs while he was at Central. I'm trying to think. Were they good um, or bad? Who, not good. So really? there were some GAs. Oh yeah, Lafleur and uh, it was Salah. Lef- they made yes. him like shovel yes. snow. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's exactly, I, saw, I did see that. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah. That's exactly the story I was thinking of. So Matt Lafleur and uh, Robert Sala, now two head coaches in the NFL. Oh, the NFL. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, these are legitimate guys. They were both graduate assistants at Central Michigan. It was Central, correct? And I'll just tell the story for the people who um, didn't see this tweet. And Coach Kelly was having some type of get-together or party with a lot of people. 
and he invited his two GAs. He was the head coach there at the time. And so they thought they were getting invited to the party. And this is, the story goes from their perspective. So they showed up to the party, and he said, no, you guys, aren't, you guys aren't getting in. You're shoveling snow, and you're being basically a valet service. So the whole night, they were shoveling snow and parking cars. At the end of the night, they had to get everybody's cars for them, and then he sent them home. Bro, what? Yeah, this is how the story goes. And there seemed to be, that was the one that really stuck out, just because of the, the, the prestige of those two individuals being head NFL coaches right now. But there have been a lot of stories that come out just to point towards the fact that this guy is not a great human being by any means. Doesn't seem like it. No. No. And, of course, when something like this happens and there's a lot of big news surrounding an individual, it feels like those are always the times when that new type of news comes out. So, yeah, we got a picture of Robert Sala right behind us right now going up on the, on the NMU board. That's funny. But um, it feels like those are always the times where that type of news comes out, and that is not a good look for Brian Kelly. Not so, at all. It's very interesting, man. And it's always like when people have that type of success, people are always going to be uh, um, saying things and whether or not um, those things are true or their perspective, you know, the story could probably get, you know, told in different ways. But from the way it sounded, that sounded brutal. So that would be interesting. Um, the one big point that I've seen from a lot of different publications is that his biggest goal moving on to LSU should be recruiting the state of Louisiana because of the talent that's there. I think a lot of schools in the surrounding areas, like in Texas, in Florida, in Alabama, you know, those type of states, I think they're going to try and take advantage of that lack of recruiting presence right now from LSU because Coach Kelly has never coached in that area. We talked about all the places he's coached, Grand Valley, Central Michigan, Cincinnati, all Midwest teams, Notre Dame even, all Midwest teams. Not to say he hasn't recruited guys from down there. Right now, guess how many guys he has on the roster from Louisiana at Notre Dame, or had, I should say. Zero. Two. Maybe one. Uh, Two. Was it like the kicker or something? Probably. I didn't actually look, I didn't actually look to <laughs> no, see who it was. I, I have no idea. <laughs> I, I have no clue. But that just goes to prove my point that he does not have the familiarity to recruit in that area yet. Not to say you can't learn that yeah, and yeah. make connections with schools, but really I think that's going to be a challenge for him. And the name and image of, of LSU sells itself, but really it's committing to a coach, committing to an idea, and committing to a program, right, for these kids coming out of high school or transfers or whatever you have. it. So – That'll be really interesting for me. But what what else do we think about that? Is he gonna is he gonna have success there? How long will it take him to not turn it around? Because I don't think it needs to be turned around. But to have them back competing at that high level, uh, two years, two years. They'll I think be, that's they'll be reasonable. better next year. They'll be a contender the year after that. There you go. He's gonna bring all, everybody who was committed to Notre Dame, anybody who just want to play football. They're gonna go to LSU. LSU was a much easier sell than Notre Dame. Yeah, no, you're right. It, it I think you're right about that. It won't take just like Coach O. A smaller, a smaller private school, way more set in tradition, and not to mention more academically rigorous than mm-hmm. a school like LSU. Excuse me, and it, it really does feel like LSU fits checks a lot of those boxes off as far as your prototypical big time college football championship contending program. I feel like maybe I don't know. Depending on how you recruit, how you doing the transfer portal. I feel like they find a quarterback, they're right in the thick of it next year. Agreed. I don't think they'll find a quarterback that fast that can do that well. But for you them. never know because of Joe yeah. Burrow. And, that, and that's like, that's just the Even one thing. Even Joe Burrow needed two years. That's true. That's true. But he wasn't playing nearly the level of football that he started playing that one year. So, like, stuff like that, like, things can change in a heartbeat, especially with the transfer portal right now. They could go out there and pick up some stud that nobody knows about. At least, I shouldn't say nobody, but like on the national yeah. scene, nobody yeah. knows about. The transfer portal is so full right now. Dylan Gabriel, Adrian Martinez, those are both two starting quarterbacks Mm -hmm. who were going to start on the team if they came back. Yeah. So that's two quarterbacks right there in the transfer portal. Ohio State backup quarterback Jack Miller is in the transfer portal. I didn't know that. Like, they can – I don't know. There's dudes out there, and there always will be. That's the scary part is that dudes' jobs are just going to get taken like that, like every year. So I wanted to finish off the pod, a little bit of NFL talk. I won't talk too much. We've already covered a lot today. But um, we hinted at it earlier. Are the Patriots back? They're on top of the AFC East. They've won their last six, some of them pretty decisively. And it's scary, man. Like, it's scary to think that on draft night, everyone made the memes about uh, who let Mac Jones fall away to Belichick and who, did, who let them do this, the Patriots, kind of half-jokingly. Bill Belichick got his guy. Like, he got his guy. I think they're just hot right now. You think so? I think it's a phase. Now, think about this, though. As far as this season. It's a pretty good time to get hot. You're getting close to playoff football here. You don't want to get hot, then fade off right before the playoffs. That's true, but it just—you're saying it'll just be how long they can stay like this, right? Yeah, I okay. don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Right now, they're playing the best football in the NFL. I agree. No, really, no. No, their defense no, no, is no, no, their no. defense the is Packers, unbelievable. The Packers are playing the best defense in the NFL right now. 
defense. Defense. The pa- I'm talking about the and, Patriots. And defense, then their offense still. So yeah. I feel like the Packers are probably the Packers defense best team. is the Packers defense has stepped up much more so than last year. You remember last year that defense we ain't is the liability. The Cardinals in two weeks. So I don't know. Right? I don't know, man. I don't. I and feel the like the, the AFC right like now. Tyler, yeah. The AFC right now is the Patriots to lose. The Chiefs are going to get Dang. hot, and if the Chiefs yeah, can become the Chiefs are one of those teams, who man. they are by the time yeah. the playoffs roll around, then mm-hmm. I think the AFC will have to beat Kansas City. It's Kansas City versus the field. To me, still, I don't care what the Patriots do the rest of the year. It's Kansas City versus the field. Really? You still feel that way? What about Buffalo? No. Buffalo sits at 7-4 and four right now. They're one game behind the Patriots, and they, like I said, they do have them on Monday Night Football. So our opinions could definitely change in only a few days if uh, Buffalo comes out and has a dominant showing. Colts are kind of sneaky, too. Colts are... I wouldn't even say like Colts are generally generally sneaky. Two weeks ago, forty-one to fifteen yeah, over the Bills. That's just that's a weird game. Jonathan Taylor just ran. Like, he did. Jonathan Taylor had the game of his life, the game he of his did. career. He I did. Mean, that's true. I th- if they play again, I think Buffalo's probably still favored in that game. Yeah. So and this I, game, I, Patriots I versus Bills, is in Buffalo too. I will mention that. Okay. Oh, what's what's the spread of that game? Just out of curiosity, what Vegas know. thinks about what, it? Does it say on here? I don't know. I'll look. I'll yeah, look it doesn't say. I bet you. I bet you it's like three and a half. The only team I bet against. What's that? The only team that I bet for against Kansas City two is Baltimore. Baltimore. Because no one else, no yeah. one else has a Lamar Jackson. Now, what about the Bengals in that division right now? The Bengals not ready. You don't think so? No. I'd agree with you. But why? Why do you say that? Young team, young coach. They haven't seen what they're going to see. Yeah. If they make the playoffs. That's fair. If you told I don't me, even know if they can finish this season. The if way you tell they me are. the Bengals are seven and four right now in one game out of first place in the division. Last year, or like maybe two years ago. Yeah. I I looked at you like you were from a different time. And if in a month and a half you were like the Bengals finished nine and eight, eight and nine, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I think let's look at their remaining schedule. I'm saying I can pull that up right now. So okay, so they got they got got the Chargers, the Niners, Chargers, Niners, Broncos. Ooh, Mm, both those games are home. I don't know. They'll take they'll take one out of two from the Chargers and the Niners. They'll be they'll be yeah. Both those games are home. Yeah, they will. They're both home games. Both home. Uh, so there you go. They're the eight think, and five. They're in Denver. That'll be that'll be close because De- Denver's sneaky. Denver's they got are, a really good run sneaky. game. Denver, Denver has a really good run game yeah, with Melvin yeah. Gordon and Javante Williams. Mm-hmm. Like those are two like good running backs. Like, mm-hmm. and then yeah, you got but then you finish with Ravens, Ravens, Chiefs, Chiefs Browns. So Ooh, okay. So if I, I had to guess their I'd record, right. I would guess nine and eight or ten and seven. Nine and eight. I think they'll go nine and eight, nine. But you, the over under would be like nine and a half. Like if, if the guess <laughs> yeah, like yeah, if yeah. over or under wins be like that nine or ten wins. I, I, I got you though. All right, last team in the AFC though. Titans sit at eight and four right now, top of the division, two games ahead of the Colts currently. Through and really, they're eight and four, and they've been without a lot of their offensive weapons. No Derrick Henry still, and AJ Brown just went on the IR, and Julio Jones. Julio is not Jones. Julio no, Jones I'm just saying Julio Jones is not even well that. I mean, we we kind of knew that going. Yeah, in. we kind of knew that. He, but just, he, he just keeps getting hurt. He also right. hasn't really been playing. I'm saying they're without a lot of their offensive weapons. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't even know if they make the playoffs. You got Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, San Fran, uh, Miami, Houston. They're in winnable, like, Miami, winnable, winnable, winnable games. Miami, so right Miami. Mm-hmm. Miami is on like a three-game win streak. Miami's Tana- in, the in, in Tennessee though. In Tennessee, I think I think the Titans win that game. AJ Brown is on the IR for the next three games. This is week this is week 17. They play the offense. Name another receiver other than Julio Jones on the. Chester Rogers? It, uh, I don't even know. I guess. No, exactly. Yeah, Do you I hear can't. what you I just can't. said? Exactly. No, I, I just tried to name someone. I can't, I just, I can't name anyone on that squad. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think Ryan Tannehill is that Fuck. great of a quarterback, so I don't think that he'll work some magic and get them in. I, To be honest, they might get in just because of the start they got off to. Mm. And if Derrick Henry come back, then it's free game. Yeah. But right now, I don't know. But okay, when y'all so, just read out that schedule, they'll probably get in. Yeah. So, NFC. Let's talk NFC right now. Obviously, Cardinals still 9-2. Yeah. Still playing at an extremely high level. Rams kind of dropped off. They seem to be the favorite for a while there. They've lost three in a row. They went winless in the month of November. Defense is not playing how they were in the first half of the season. Yeah. And Matt no, Stafford is – this This is not surprising for Matt Stafford. Being a Bears fan, I see it every year. <laughs> he he He's truly a wild card. Yeah, that's he, fair. Okay. Let me read you blind stats right now. Let's do, what is it, 11 games? Yes. 3,300 yards, 27 touchdowns, nine picks. That's Matthew Stafford right now. Yeah. Yeah, he's for been, sure. Yeah, he's been playing. Have you yeah. watched the last three games? Yes, but, I mean, he's still All having right. a good year. I mean, yeah. there's always it's rough patch in the season. Yeah. Facts, I mean. But those are empty stats. I think, they'll, I think they'll bounce back, and I think they will empty. because they need to. Tennessee? I would not say those empty are empty stats. stats. What meaningful stats? They got down big against... Against Green Bay, they had to throw the ball. 
Well, well, those are just his entire year. That was the whole year stats. Yeah, facts. But I'm yeah, talking about the last, last three, three the last three weeks. He has struggled mightily. Yeah, this no, should no, be, but he played bad against. He played really bad against Tennessee. This he had be, more picks than Jared Goff. This should be a great bounce back week for them. This is this is Jaguars. Oh yeah, yeah. Jaguars at Rams. Jaguars at Rams should be a great bounce back week for them, and that hopefully for at least the Matt Stafford people out there, hopefully should propel them to win some more games because they got the Cardinals. They're going to, to Arizona after that. Yeah, if, you, if they lose to Jacksonville, you hit the panic button in LA. Because, <laughs> like, dude, cause yes. then, then you go to Arizona, yeah. then you're seven and six. Uh huh. Like, dude, this, this, is, this is a real problem. Like, they ha- this is a must win. Yeah. Like, it's, I mean, it's a Jaguars. Like, they're like probably two touchdown favorites, but. Yeah, but still, I, I'm totally with you on that. So yeah. that'll be. That'll definitely be interesting. Is there anything else? I'm trying to think NFL wise that uh, has surprised us. Cam Newton has fizzled out. It nah, seems like great career, man. Mm-hmm. He's just old. He, hang it up. That's what Cam happens. Newton is he hang was, it up. He wasn't good. He wasn't good in New England. He wasn't good in Carolina. I don't. I thought the second, the second time, the second time in Carolina. I'm yeah, the second time. Yeah, that's guys, what I'm like. I was like, whoa. Yeah, I was like, like yeah. my super cam right yeah. now. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. he, you feel me? He ran a touchdown. He threw a touchdown when everybody I'm thought he was going to run the ball. Yeah. And exactly. then he come out and just start the next game. He didn't play particularly well no. against Washington, who has defense has been struggling mightily. Yeah, And that's then fair he to just say. came out and got annihilated by the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. And they lost Christian McCaffrey. Dolphins are on a four-game they are, streak. Are, you talked they about are that officially through. Yeah, Carolina Panthers through. I, I would have to agree with you. I mean, they're the last in their division. Oh yeah, they're right done. Panthers they're, are they're done. Yeah, they're, they're, done. they're they're legitimately they're out of it. Dude, but. I think the Panthers might be in worse shape than the Bears are now. I, I honestly think the Panthers are worse than the Bears. I really do. What's I don't a, think they got their first round pick like, this year. Well, what surprised the Bears me? either? Okay, when they when they took on Rule as the head coach there, and they really tried to. That's all that matters. And they really tried to start that rebuild. It doesn't feel like a rebuild. It feels like just. Shitty competition. Like they haven't really performed how they're supposed to. To me, the Panthers have a top ten roster in the NFL. Really? They just don't have a quarterback. You think they have a top ten roster? They, I mean, they got Brian Burns, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, uh, Anderson, Anderson, McCaffrey. Anderson McCaffrey. They got a, they got yeah, an okay yeah, yeah. offensive line. Brian Burns, Hassan Reddick. Those are two top fifteen rushers. Linebacker, linebacker core, 10. okay. Defensive back core. They got Jeremy Chin. Yes. You can go on and on and on about Shaq Thompson, back. dude. Yeah. I feel like they have a top 10 roster. I don't think you yeah, can name me they, 10 rosters. Better yeah, that are better. Okay. Oh, I think I might want to play this game with you right now. 10 <laughs> rosters better don't. than the Panthers. Right now. <laughs> okay. If you take the, out, if okay, okay, hold on. No quarterback. You take roster, out the quarterback, name me 10 okay, That's not what you rosters. said. That's not what you said. Right, you said okay, 10 okay. You can, you can, you I think can keep I, I think I can still do it, though. Name me 10 rosters. Rosters without a quarterback. Okay. This will be good. Tampa Bay. Yeah. Okay. New England. No. The Patriots' defense is no. far better than the Panthers' defense. I'm talking about the, the entire roster, not just gonna, the offense. I'm no. going to agree with Not Jimmy. just the offense. Scheme. Dude, the Patriots' old line is incredible. No. The Patriots' offensive line is really good, and they have a really good defense. They have a good offensive at, line, at the and skill, they have a good defensive At the skill scheme. positions, Carolina's probably got them. Everywhere no. else, I'd probably take the, pa- the Patriots. I really do. I really would. Okay. Name me the uh, New England Patriots starting safeties. Uh, the kid, That kid from uh, Lenoir Payne. What's that kid's name? Lenoir Payne, that rookie. He's a second-year guy. Oh, they, wait. Uh, no, I got I to gotta pull it. Cal Duggar and Jalen Mills. Yeah, Jalen Mills has been good, dude. No, Jalen Mills is not good. <laughs> He's playing for Bill Belichick. Okay, uh, how about Matthew Judon? That was like the, one of the best free agent signings of the year. I think he's no, second, it wasn't. Is he they second said in the league he, right now in said, sacks. He's at 11 and a half sacks, dude. Yeah. Matthew they Judon said, has 11 and a half sacks. They said the Patriots right overpaid for Matthew Judon. The, the Ravens that? didn't even offer him a contract. Everybody but, was saying it was a bad signing. Okay. I'm telling you, it's the Bill Belichick effect. Okay, New but England does not have so a better roster. The roster does not include the coaching staff or anything. Just the players no on the team. Players. I I got something in New England here. You are crazy. You are nuts. <laughs> I'm not talking about the skill position. I'm talking about the no, whole roster. You're crazy. All right. <laughs> Tennessee, Dallas, Kansas City. Tennessee, no. Dallas, roster? yes. Roster? You don't think Tennessee has a better roster than the pa- the Panthers? No. What's your yeah. deal with the Panthers? Why do you like the Panthers so much? I don't, I don't know, man. Look at I'm, the look at the the running back, the receivers. I'm telling you, their skill the position, their backs, skill positions are top. Their 10. defensive line, their skill position players are top ten. I agree with you, but not their whole team. Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie you're, Anderson. You're just naming skill They have yeah. a second. They got a second round pick in Terrace Marshall, Stephon Gilmore, Jeremy Chan, Dante I Jackson. Gilmore was there. They actually. just traded for uh, CJ Henderson. They still got uh, my boy JC Horn, <laughs> Derek Brown, top did he, ten. Did he get hurt? Interior lineman Hassan Reddick yeah, is got, going to be a pro bowler, future. maybe yeah, an All yeah. Pro, and Brian Burns is a perennial Pro Bowler, borderline All Pro. 
you can't name I, me I've, 10 I've rosters been, better than I, I was I was doing it. Like <laughs> I was doing it. So we we, we counted this up already. We counted you need this up some already. Cincinnati and some Carolina. Uh, I think Baltimore's. Jimmy oh, dude. Martin. <laughs> dude, <laughs> Jimmy. How, how do you, how, you, you think the Panthers have a better roster than the Baltimore Ravens? Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy. I, I, I don't know. I name feel me, like he's trying to like name me name me the uh I, I name me three players on the on the not, uh, Ravens defense. We're not gonna go. We're uh, not gonna go through that, this whole that, that are playing right now or like I, I can name that, that are playing right now. Name me three players on their defense. Uh, Marlon Humphrey obviously hurt. Okay. Uh, I mean I'm not like studying like who's on what defense or anything. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. See, I can't. Yeah, I know. Like, but I could I couldn't name I couldn't name I couldn't name the Carolinas either. You know more if about you put, like defense. If you put Lamar Jackson on the Carolina Panthers, they're undefeated right now. Okay, that's, undefeated. That's, pretty, that's a hot take. Undefeated through eleven in the NFL, games that's, in the NFL. That's, that's a lot. That's a lot. Yes, I don't believe okay. that. undefeated. Oh, uh, okay. Patrick Queen. We're not. We're not going to go through the whole. We're not going to go through the whole list. But we we get the point. Plays Campbell. See, like I've been like these are guys that I know. I just couldn't name off the top of my head. You know what I mean? Thirty six. Tyshawn is all in on Carolina, but that is. Uh, we'll wrap it up there today because we've been we've been going for a while now, and I uh, just want to say thank you if you did yeah. make it this far. Listening to we all this, uh, I appreciate you a lot. Uh, uh, make sure to catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you catch your podcasts. Uh, Twitter at D1 underscore Rejects and Instagram at Division 1 Rejects. So thank you guys. We'll be back next week sometime for another episode. Talk some more Gliak, get some more guests on here. And thank you, too. Appreciate you, boys. Yeah, Good to be uh, back. Go Panthers. Yes, go sir. Bearcats. Tyshawn, yeah, your two that, favorite all teams. That, all that, all that, all that, all that. All that, all that. Your two all favorite that. teams. Thank you. Go watch some all football right. this weekend.